How long have we known each other, Alon? Three years. Ooh, too much. <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> Sorry much. for you. <laughs> too long, too much. He knows all my exes. <laughs> I do know his exes. I know all the stories, too. <laughs> and, oh. We're not going to oh, tell. That would be a really good we, podcast. Can we cut? <laughs> we are recording, by the way, but we're not going to tell intimate details about your love life. You know, on the pod. But we could. If we could, want. if you wanted to. But we won't. Okay, we won't. We won't. We've never done an episode about that. Uh, do you want to we start with We should do him? love and jewelry, and then really it'll just be about uh, crazy... The, if he told you the stories that I've heard, this would be a much longer and very different kind of show. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was but an we're ice, not going to talk about that. It was an ice rink, so ice rinks don't matter. The size. Size does not matter. <laughs> right. Agre- <laughs> do we agree? I mean... A lot of just making a face, guys, that I can't quite in the, decipher. In the in the gay community, okay. I'm what one would call a size queen. Oh. So okay. anyway. Google that. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but don't Google it at work. <laughs> I think this is our cold open today. It's pretty good. I think one. this is what we're gonna start with. Great place to be this morning, guys. Welcome to Rough Cut. <laughs> Welcome. All right, I'm JB Jones. I'm Alan Seamich. And we're excited to be here today. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here to make sex jokes with our guests today, uh, Mike Cook, who, full disclosure, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Mike before we start this episode. Full disclosure, he is a client of mine and has been for the last three years. Um, I would also call him a friend in parentheses uh, because I <laughs> never quite... seems such. Yeah, yeah I never quite so know <laughs> how to define this relationship. Okay, now Mike is here today not because of our friendship or working relationship, Mm. but because he is the owner and founder of Sterling Forever, which is an incredibly impressive jewelry brand, a commercial jewelry brand that is, um, that you can find at Nordstrom. Everywhere. Everywhere, pretty much. You can find it at Nordstrom. They work, uh, they have collaborations with FabFitFun. They work with GMA, ABC News, right? And recently you were featured as one of Oprah's favorite things. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that incredible? I know that. So welcome wow. to the show, Mike. Thank you for having me, Mr. Simonek. <laughs> this is going to be fun. We need to talk more about Oprah. That's pretty great. Do we need to talk about... I don't want to talk about Oprah. Okay. But plenty of Never people mind. are talking about Oprah. I don't want to offend... I'm not I'm in charge of this one, guys. I, I, I have nothing against Oprah. <laughs> I just don't want to spend an hour talking about Oprah. We'll we, talk about that another time. Mm-hmm. You can tell me about Oprah. Yeah. Oprah is, I can confirm that Oprah is still very relevant yes. and influential. I'm sure. That's yes. awesome. I'm sure. Absolutely. So, Mike, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the show today was because I many of our listeners are small business owners. And one thing that we tend to focus on a lot uh, in most of our episodes is kind of artisanal jewelry and sort of super high fine brands, that sort of thing. Um, but we never really get to have conversations with a company like yours. Right about fashion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And sort of fashion and sort of that entire market, which is a huge, huge portion of the jewelry market. But huge, o- yeah. oftentimes by kind of insiders like us, not really something we discuss very much, right? Because we tend to sort yeah. of focus well, more. I- I think because part of that is location. Like yes. We have access to everything in New York. And well, I'm from Kansas. Mm-hmm. And when I was growing up, we bought our jewelry from department stores. Yes. That, and it was great. And it's cool. And we, there aren't even department stores here, really. No, not it's really. It's hard to find. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's Macy's over here. But mm-hmm. 
And that's social it's, change. So it's just different here, but for the bulk of the world, who you know, there's specific places you go to buy fashion. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So and that's where you can get these awesome. Pieces, exactly, yeah. they're awesome, awesome pieces. And one of the things that I find <clears throat> most impressive about you, Mike, is that you had started this business out of your parents' basement. Out of my parents' basement, seventeen years ago, I started selling jewelry out of my parents' basement. Tell us wow. a little bit about <laughs> the kind of why you were you sitting in the basement one day and thinking, I want to start a jewelry company? Not at all. No, no not at all. So how did that happen? Um, so my mom had some old Tiffany jewelry. Mm-hmm. And I was in high school and she said, this is right when eBay, not when eBay was born, but when it was really growing, coming mm-hmm. to life, and um, kicking off, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And I sold some of her um, some of her old Tiffany jewelry that she was done with on eBay, and I think it sold overnight, and I had, you know, six, seven hundred, eight hundred dollars in my PayPal account. Oh my and goodness. she said I could keep the money. And in high school, when you, you know, make that kind of money overnight, you're rich. How old you're, were you? Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen. I mean, wow. you're buying all your friends Taco Bell. I'm sure you are. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Not my so, friends. Not no. I remember like $20 was a lot back then. Right. Mm-hmm. So I said, wow, this is fun. Um, you know, I might have said I like money. Um, <laughs> I need to get more <laughs> Tiffany jewelry. And I did from China. And, um, you know, that worked for, for some time, you know, uh-huh. on eBay and uh-huh. then... Tiffany and company said, no, you can't do that. <laughs> so. so you were super young, <laughs> brand new to the business, and you just thought, yeah, I'll get some knockoffs and try to sell them online. Doing some Canal Street from Maryland in my parents' basement. Uh, that's hysterical. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. And then, you know, when I found out, like, hey, this is not sustainable. Um, mm-hmm. or, or legal. You know, or legal, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Counterfitting is not legal. Yes. yes. Correct. I said, Hard to know when you're 15, though. Yeah, I was, yeah, I, that's, yeah. that's yeah. what I told the judge. So. <laughs> Wait, did you go to court? Well, I mean, you know. Oh, wow. I never knew that. You never it never really that. ended in court, kind of. Uh-huh. Maybe. It, it, there was a settlement. <laughs> we worked it out. You worked it out. I got was it. under 18. I didn't know. So, um, wow. got off the hook. So, so Jeez. yeah. So, God. didn't know great. that, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> you never told me that. Told this is going to be the, mm, your this best is, yet. This is going to be so revealing, <laughs> exposing. So, so after you got out of prison, then, no. <laughs> then what? <laughs> so, you know, I said, how can I do this and really, um, you know, make money and c- give it, you know, the designer look and feel without counterfeiting. So mm-hmm. I did, you know, designer style jewelry. So mm-hmm. I, you know, just stripped the name, the trademark, and, you know, just kind of went with like designer celebrity looks for less. Mm-hmm. And I did that um, throughout high school and then for my freshman and sophomore year of college. And I had, you know, an e-commerce site at the time called Overstock Silver. And, oh, you know, I, I, I grew the business to uh, to a point where, you know, the revenue was um, much higher than, you know, what I was doing on eBay. Mm-hmm. But um, it really wasn't sustainable mm-hmm. for after college. It's kind of like I need to take this serious and um, and get a job. And mm-hmm. I've, I've actually never worked for anyone other than myself. I can tell. <laughs> That, that I Wait, have, I have a question. Uh, I, I know question. that. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, did you, at that time when you were getting ready to graduate, did you think, I really like the jewelry business, or are you just like the business? 
I like the business. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of things I, I love about the jewelry business. I'm not sure I fully understood that at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. But, it, you know, it's easy. The The inventory, you know, at the time, like I could have a 10 by 10 room and have all of my inventory. So mm-hmm. that was yeah. really appealing. Whereas if I had an apparel business, I would need a, I don't know, a, you know, 10, you, 5, you'd need 10, a warehouse. Thousand. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So like, Rent with the jewelry business is cheap, 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 and you know it can be you can be free if you're. It's you your it parents' in basement. basement. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's where it was in a ten by ten room. The whole Amazing. the whole biz. It's so it was sophomore year of college when I said to myself, I really need to take this serious, or you know, geez, get a job like all of my like classmates. The horror, right? and I was like, <laughs> horror, Lord, this is I. I don't want to work for anyone. So um, I developed Sterling Forever with a, I had an amazing publicist in Calabasas and she, you know, I still give her credit to this day, Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, she, um, she does PR for beauty lines, but you know, I begged her to take on the accessories line and she did. And within, uh, I guess the first year of representation, um, she actually is the one that got my foot in the door at Nordstrom. That's not really what a publicist does, but, wow. but she did. And, um, in the FabFitFun box, right when FabFitFun was evolving, mm-hmm. when it had you know thirty employees, and and the um, and the founder was, that's who I was talking, going to lunch with as the deal was coming to life, and then a feature on Good Morning America, all within a year, maybe let's say a year or two. That's incredible. And wow. um, that really. And helped. how old were you at the time? Um, I was a sophomore in college. So, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Wow. However old a sophomore junior in college is. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And I had absolutely no, I I thought I knew what I was doing, but I just, you know, with all the success came a lot of failure. (laughs) I mean, I failed, I failed a hundred times, but you just um, pivot quickly and, you know, keep going. Um, Tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about some of the things that went awry early on, because I'm always very Mm -hmm. curious about the trajectory that you made from sort of like the the knockoffs to Tiffany and the kind of like inspired by designer stuff to Mm -hmm. now you have, you know, a a team and you have designers in house and you guys have a building and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's tell me how you sort of made that journey. Mm -hmm. Was there a particular failure that led you to that? I mean, listen, when you when you're when you're dabbling with celebrity and designer looks for less there's a lot of copyright and trademark issues of course and everyone in the jewelry biz you know i'll just say it out loud you copies can. <laughs> copies everyone oh yeah right? well, we've had just, a whole episode about that yes. right mm-hmm. i mean yeah. it's just it's what happens yes and um once you've had a stack of c and d's like i have it's kind of like is this even worth it you know what i mean yeah. it's mm-hmm. just not so really sterling forever was born at, um wearable runway trends or like basics made to last forever hence the mm-hmm. name okay. so um we we use a very you know thick micron plating um everything is the base metal is sterling um it started the base metal started as sterling and then nordstrom came to us and said hey we really think there's an opportunity here um to hit a target aur um uh, you know less than sterling so you should use brass base metal for some of your product mm-hmm. And I said, well, that wasn't my intentions when I started the business, but I did it because you don't really tell Nordstrom no. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> and, wouldn't um, imagine you'd want to. Right. Yeah, so yeah. We'll, we'll use a very thick micron plating if we use brass mm-hmm. um, with either 14 karat gold plating or rhodium. Mm-hmm. And um, 
all of our jewelry is backed by a brand lifetime guarantee. So that's why we you know, really emphasize on basics made to last forever. And um, we take care of the customer. Um, I feel like I grew up with Nordstrom and they've really guided me on the customer journey and um, making quality product and standing behind it if anything goes wrong. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we're going to get into kind of the nitty gritty of having a fashion jewelry brand like that and what that actually entails because we talk a lot about um you know sort of that fast fashion kind of market Mm -hmm. and i'm not suggesting that sterling forever is fast fashion but it is uh that lower priced kind of you know quote-unquote fast fashion market is hugely responsible for um you know having a very serious environmental uh impact Uh, fashion is one of the largest polluters as far as industries are concerned on the planet so i'm and and you can ask andrew i am constantly constantly talking about climate change and it it is literally something that keeps me up at night i mean if we didn't experience this last week in new york it was 70 degrees in november it was wonderful (laughs) it was pretty great but also terrifying at the same time also the world is on fire (laughs) also that part just leveling up anxiety yeah but but also thank god uh, brazil elected somebody who's not a looney tune and who's going to try to protect the amazon so that helps too but anyway not to get too political (laughs) on here but you know the midterms did just happen. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm always we made watching. it through. We made it kind through. Kind of. But, well, no, we made it through. There was no bloodletting. It was good. No, no, yes. Anyway, uh, but before we get into talking about those specifics, I want to hear from you about the failures. I want to hear about the big shit that really went wrong. Oh, and Lord. I don't want to hear all the details about the sex tape because we've all seen it. We've all seen it's it. It's only 30 seconds. I know. I know. I've seen it many times because it is so short. You know, I said Short to him, and sweet. Yeah. I said to him Basically earlier, a real. it's a couple of huffs and puffs and that was it. <laughs> yeah. Very sad. But anyway, yeah, listen, I've known this man for three years. What are we even talking about today? I have no idea. <laughs> Jewelry and sex. Yes. Yes. So tell me uh, about your failures. Okay. So, wow. Um, failures. Cash is a big problem in the beginning when you're starting a business without funding, especially um, a, a jewelry, I think anything in the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. So I financed the entire venture on credit cards. Um, oh, God. The entire venture, like <laughs> probably 10 credit cards. Like probably the worst possible way to do it. Did my parents help? I, you know, that's the number one question. Is your family in the biz? Mm-hmm. Um, I would be lying if I said they didn't help. Did they mm-hmm. help to the extent of the credit cards? No, they couldn't. They helped. They helped here and there where they could. Well, right? you, you're not somebody who comes from like a family with a trust fund and all inheritable wealth. No, yeah, not yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, that was pretty stressful. Having, I mean, six figure credit card debt, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To build a brand, and then you know, getting a, a big break like being featured in the Fat Fit Fun Box, right? Mm-hmm. And then that just gave the business with Good Morning America and then the Nordstrom POs that just gave the business funding to pay off those debts and and grow, 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 and to date, we've never had third-party funding. Um, I'm approached what feels like daily by venture capitalists, always asking if I want to sell the biz or do you need money, like every day. Mm-hmm. But um, that's not my intentions. It's too much fun. It's growing. Um, I have a great team right now that you know I can talk about. They've really a huge part in the success. And, um, and yeah, I can talk about some of the failures. So when we were first featured in the FabFitFun box, mm-hmm. um, FabFitFun at the time had 130 
thousand members. And can you describe very quickly to listeners who may not be familiar with FabFitFun, what mm-hmm. is it that they do? They're monthly <laughs> box point. subscription kind of business, right? It's, a, it's actually a quarterly box quarterly. subscription, um, and I, I'm pretty sure they're they're definitely the industry leader for um, for curated. Um, you know, their customers, fabulous, fit, and fun. And that's the type of product that goes in the box. So mm-hmm. Basically anything for mm-hmm. women, right? Um, not anything, but... Um, and at the time, I was working with the founder, Katie, uh, Katie Rosen Kitchens, and she said, um, I can't decide which piece of jewelry to put in the box, so let's put a, a gift card in the box, right, for $30. Um, and um, I said, okay. And um, you, couldn't, you couldn't buy anything on Sterling Forever, you could hardly find anything on Sterling Forever at the time for $30. Oh, what is your kind of general price point? AUR is around 50 mm-hmm. So um, I put it in the box. And the customer went to our site to check out. And we had more orders in three months than we did, I mean, in the history of the company. It was wow. just, it was insanity. And that's a success story, you're probably thinking. And I wanted a story about failure. Mm-hmm. But... When you grow that fast, it can almost put the business out of business. We were not prepared for that growth. We were not prepared for the orders. I don't were even, you able to fill those orders? It, it was it was chaotic nightmare mess. <laughs> it was so Jeez. many orders. I didn't have enough staff. We weren't organized properly. I was answering customer service till two a.m. every morning. Oh my god! It was just. It was. It was. It was dreadful. But I say, oh we my God, because I can't imagine him actually working. Co- correct. Uh, correct. Until 2 a.m. I had bags under Let my eyes. Let alone I know. until 2 a.m. Very stressful. Uh, uh, incredible. Yeah. Incredible for you to have to do anything, really. And I had like Shocking. a team of like six at the time. So I mean, I even had wow. cuts on my hands from putting boxes together. Jesus. Yeah. So <laughs> we got through it. And it was, um, I, you know, I, it was really... Honestly, I think a failure was a success and a failure, but that's mm-hmm. just one of the ways. Um, with I, oh, no, I was just yeah. going to say, I think what's interesting about all these little bumps in the road, you you just powered through because you had your eyes on the prize and you're like risk taker yeah. all the time. Exactly. Do you, do you look back and think, maybe I should have done that differently? or You know, every day, I'm not every day, but... <laughs> every day I regret. Every day. No, no, no. There's constantly situations put in front of me where, um, you know, it's, it's like a, it's a lot of risk. And sometimes yeah. my employees are, are they, you know, they're helping make buy decisions and they say no. And I have to overrule them and say yes, because unless I took yeah. a bunch of risks, I would not be... I, would, wouldn't, I wouldn't have met with Nordstrom and Sachs yesterday at Times Square. It wouldn't have happened, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you have to take risks, and um, you may fail. Mm-hmm. But just keep going. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, some of the failures with Nordstrom, oh, I could go on and on. <laughs> and I can't believe that, you know, they walked into the conference room yesterday during market week when they were doing their Q1 buys and said, um, our girl loves Sterling forever, and we're committed to making 2023 the best year ever. Wow. Um, so it's like, you know, that really gives you Does like, that mean I'm getting a raise from you? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, they brought the DMM yesterday, and that was a first. So, wow. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. exciting meeting. Congratulations, by the way, Mike. Th- thank you, sir. And how many years have you been with Nordstrom to get to this point, and just for our listeners? Jeez, to, I, I think I've, I've been, I've worked, I, I can really, Nordstrom, I started with Nordstrom. I got my foot in the door with 
Hot Look. Does anyone, do you guys remember Hot Look? No. no. Okay, Hot Look was started by a serial entrepreneur in Los Angeles and um, acquired by Nordstrom. So it was mm-hmm. like a flash sale site for designer goods. Um, so everyone oh, yeah, remembers. I do. I had a friend who worked there. It, they had an office at Times yeah. Square. Yeah. So it was I like it was like this, the yeah. bottom, like the basement of like below Nordstrom Rack, right? Oh my goodness! But it, I, it was I got my foot in the door at Nordstrom. You could get some good stuff there, though. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I used to shop there. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in college. And yeah. um and we you know we put the product on it like a 70 percent off flash discount over forty eight hours and did you know thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands in revenue just in 48 hours. Right. And, um, we did, you know, frequent sales with them. And then the team there who they were technically Nordstrom employees said, you know, this brand is really uh, exceeding or really doing well. Um, let's take it to Nordstrom rack, like the next stepping stone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we went to Nordstrom rack and the business, you know, grew, grew, grew. We were actually Nordstrom Rack's first jewelry dropship vendor. So that's when Nordstrom Rack just had a site presence, I guess, basically. And I really think I was at the right place at the right time. Um, You know, I really, I think I've grown my business with relationships. I think I'm good at relationships. And if you're not good at relationships, I'm not sure you will succeed at business. Um, And that I think it's true regardless of the business that it is. Yep. In mm-hmm. every sort of industry, certainly in every facet of the R industry yeah. here, you oh, yeah. have to have relationships, you have to mo- foster yeah, them. The most it's important. the most it's always about yeah. people. People don't do business with people they don't like. You know, it's that simple, really. My um my hot look Nordstrom rack buyer asked if I wanted to, you know, go to Herald Square and do a hot yoga. Um again, you don't tell Nordstrom no. <laughs> yeah. So um there I was the next day in a room packed like sardines at Herald Square with 110 degrees stretching with my Nordstrom buyer. Hot yoga is pretty great, though. And but you were doing <laughs> the yoga. And then, and then a few months later, I was... The is there footage of this? Can we post this on Instagram? First no. jewelry brand up on NordstromRack.com. And it really, I, the relationship that I, I've grown, I, you know, it's, it's really like, it's almost like dating when you start with these new yeah. buyers. It's yeah. like we just had a major buyer change at one of our partners. And um, every time a buyer leaves, it's really, it's, um, you know, it's, it kind of feels like, oh my, a relationship's ending because it is. Yeah. And then you have to build a new one. So yeah, of course. that's one side of the business that I do not like. But anyway, um, failures. So with Nordstrom, I remember we did a huge delivery um, to one of their distribution centers, um, I don't know, it was rings or something, and they were in boxes, like uh, holiday boxes, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the, it was a high return rate on a particular skew. So the buyer said, hmm, what's up with this? So she reaches out to the distribution center and asks for some photos. Mm-hmm. All of the rings were silver, sterling silver. Uh-huh. In the photos, they were all black, all of the rings. Oh, no. And this was a huge delivery. And this was my first like major, like really, really hiccup with Nordstrom. And I was like, holy hell, what is happening? And I had no idea. And I can, I can, you know, I'm pretty good at sales. So I can, I can. You're convincing. Yeah. And I had I was just caught with my pants down. Well, we, yes, the video, <laughs> I know. But um, I, I will say this about you. Um, I am so 
I'm giving you a genuine compliment right mm-hmm. now, just so you know, this isn't being me being snide the way I usually am with okay, you. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so genuinely impressed by you and your tenacity mm. and your ability to have turned this business into what it is today. And what's most impressive hearing these stories and a lot of these stories I'm hearing for the first time is that you haven't had kind of an easy road to getting to here, mm-hmm. but you have continued to always sort of pick up, you take responsibility, you're incredibly trustworthy. In part, why I put up with you is because mm-hmm. I know that um, you, you always do right by me and my team. And that's the sort of person that you are, mm-hmm. even though I haven't received the check from the last shoot. I was going to say the checks are nice, though, right? Yeah. And when they when they arrive. When they nice. arrive, yeah. yeah. But yeah. again, this there's one still that hasn't arrived. Just saying. It's in the mail. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you keep saying that. So I, I'm really, really genuinely impressed by uh, your kind of tenacity and the integrity with which you do business. Thank you. And I think that's a huge part why somebody like a Nordstrom Mm -hmm. is probably forgiving in a scenario like that because they know sort of who they're dealing with. Right. Well, if you're wondering, the boxes, the paper boxes, the gift boxes contained trace amounts of sulfur. Who Mm. would have known that at the time? I mean, at the time, I had no idea that trace amounts of sulfur can turn, can oxidize the silver. Who would have known? So anyway, now before we import a container of boxes, of gift boxes, we Uh have to have, you know, a third party lab do random testing to make sure that, you know, there's no harsh chemicals in there that can screw up the jewelry. Wow. So they gave us a a pass. Mm -hmm. And, um, what did that mean? That meant like, we'll wait for a new shipment. Well, they did an RTV. It's called return to vendor. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, they shipped it all back and that's, that's what they, they should have done. So at the time taking a hit like that hurt. Right. But we got through it. And worked with the factory to, you know, kind of get ourselves out of the hole. But, um, I mean, I have so many, I have, I have other stories about failure with Nordstrom, but mm-hmm. that was probably one of the worst. Jeez. So, um, so yeah, so we've, um, you know, if you, if you send, I mean, think about through the rack and full price, they have about 300 stores right now, 310, I think. Think about, you know, sending, getting a purchase order for, you know, full price rack stores or one or the other, all of them, whatever, and then shipping a product and having the product, um, it's defective, right? Can yeah, you, yeah, can yeah. you imagine like no. how, like, Mm-mm. so it's, I've learned so, so much about packaging, the jewelry itself, um, plating when you're having products sit on the shelf, like, you know, is the dust going to collect on the packaging and mm-hmm. how is that going to look to the customer? I mean, I could go on and on for days and I've, I have a very thorough understanding of what what you can do and what you can't do, mm-hmm. and so does my team. And with and I think that's what Nordstrom knows and trusts. Mm-hmm. And they know that if they try and buy you know ten thousand units of something, and if it's crap or it's it's not going to sell, they know that we're going to tell them like this is not a smart buy. And you know by pushing it upon them like some brands might do that are naive and just getting into the industry, you're setting yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. If they have products sitting at all of their stores that's not selling. They're, they're, they're savvy buyers. They're not going to mm-hmm. issue another purchase order, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I do think a, a big part of it is relationships and, and trust. And of course, you have to have a, a quality product that sells because if, if it's not a quality product, customers aren't going to buy it. Of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> they're not going to keep coming back no, either. Yeah. Nope, keep coming yeah. back for more. I, I imagine that you have a lot of repeat 
we have a great customer retention rate. Um, and a lot of, you know, a lot of the customers that are, are hesitant to spend, you know, $40, $50 on a, on a, let's say like a, a basic trend piece of, you know, brass or sterling, um, when they see the brand lifetime guarantee, if they're conscious about, you know, price, um, or, or want a deal or whatever, um, if anyone reaches out to us, no matter where they purchase their product, mm-hmm. whether it was from a Nordstrom full price, um, Nordstrom rack, you sold on good morning America for 50% off. We take care of them. No mm-hmm. questions asked. We take care of them. And our customers know that. And, um, they have no hesitation, uh, with, with shopping Sterling forever, whenever they see it in the marketplace. Um, so yeah, it's really, um, 2020 is when we really, really grew mm-hmm. before, uh, 2020 prior to 2020, the pandemic, we were really digital only mm-hmm. and our digital business exploded in 2020. Wow. And, um, instead of winning, uh, going out of business, we, the opposite happened. And then these, um, major retail partners came to me and said, uh, this is amazing. This is incredible. I mean, we even had like triple digit growth with some of them. And, um, they said, why is this product not in our stores and our brick and mortar locations? Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm not sure. That's a great question. <laughs> and then later in, I guess, 2021, sure enough, we started doing, you know, omni-channel with these major yeah, retailers yeah, yeah. and going into brick and mortar locations. That's amazing. And now that business represents, you know, sometimes in some cases more than our digital business wow. because they have so many locations. So that's um, incredible. Yeah. So that's incredible. Do you think that a large part of your success has been the fact that I started shooting for Sterling forever in 2020? You know, it has, a, it really, it really does. I mean, why do you think I'm about to ship you to Palm beach? You know what I yeah, mean? Like, that's true too. Cannot, he, he is shipping me to Palm beach oh, for a shoot. Cool. Yeah. How can I hire a South Florida photographer? <laughs> Oh, oh. I live in a swamp. <laughs> I need a Madison Ave photographer in of Palm course. Beach. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the only way well, to do it. Well, it's all New Yorkers there anyway, so... Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> He'll fit right in. Yeah, exactly. I, oh, I'm going to love Florida. You will, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I want to now ask the hard questions. Ooh. Let's go. I'd love to hear more about the environmental. Yeah. Well, that's what I meant. About. I knew it. I yeah, was like, that's what I meant. We're gonna we're going to get into the nitty gritty. <laughs> your business, really, given the price point that you're in, mm-hmm. and I understand that your product is different, obviously, mm-hmm. and that you take sort of special care in making sure the pieces are built to last and all of that. Mike is currently stretching in front of Mike. He's about to get ready. Mm-hmm. He's about to give us his spiel. <laughs> I'm ready for it. He's like, hit me oh. with it. Hit me with the green questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Your, um, given your, the nature of your price point, uh, I think, would it be fair to call that fast fashion or fashion jewelry? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So as we had stated earlier, uh, fashion is obviously one of the largest polluters on the globe mm-hmm. as, an, as far as an industry is concerned. Um, a lot of people are really concerned uh, when it comes to fast fashion jewelry, in particular, the metals and chemicals that are being used, not just for the plating, but that are sometimes contained within the silver, things like nickel getting into water supply, et cetera, et cetera, which we have a huge negative environmental impact. Mm-hmm. When your business started to really grow Mm -hmm. and you were kind of conscious of just the amount of product that you were producing. Mm -hmm. Did that play a role in how you were producing the product? Did you think about kind of the impact that your business would have? Did you think about creating disposable goods in a world that is much too full of disposable goods? Yep. 
So I guess um, full transparency, about two or three years ago, I was sitting mm-hmm. at a conference table with tons of product in front of it, front in front of me, mm-hmm. and my Nordstrom buyers came in and sat down and said, um, the, one of the first questions was, so Mike, what are you doing about sustainability and you know ethical, um, a bunch of, bunch of ethical and green questions? And I, mm-hmm. um, I, I had no idea what to say. Really? <laughs> I said. Really? I think I even turned I love a little that you're red. Saying that. Yeah. I love that you're saying that. I love that, that you important. just learn every step of the way too. Yes. That your success story is great. Well, yeah. I was just, yeah. I was, I was embarrassed. I didn't have the answers, and mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely turned red. And she knew I was, I was again caught with my pants down. Yeah, so we've seen the tape. Stop hanging <laughs> up, Jesus. It's not a selling feature for the company. So you know, she gave me some ideas on what we could do to, to you know, be more environmentally friendly. She flipped a lot of the jewelry around, which a lot of our jewelry, or all of our jewelry comes in from overseas on carding, like paper carding, right? Now it's paper. Um, at mm. Three years ago, it was plastic. Wow. Like, wow. majority of it was plastic. Wow. And um, she flipped it over and said, well, this is one thing you could do. And the back of the card, you know, was plastic, right? All mm-hmm. plastic. Mm-hmm. And then it had cellophane and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, so we, we've taken great strides in those two or three years and turning, I would say 90% of our packaging into a hundred percent, you know, paper, mm-hmm. um, really eliminating, um, plastic. We took the, the, our, the size of our packaging and we shrunk it down by almost 70%. Wow. Um, we eliminated bubble wrap and we'll use what I call crinkle paper. I'm not sure yes, what the yes. technical name is. Yeah. I've seen that stuff. I know what you're referring to is sort of the brown sort of paper with the exactly. slits in it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, we're, we're using a different type of tape, like a paper based tape, um, that just has glue. So, you know, there's, there's so many things we can do, but in terms of the jewelry itself, um, you know, uh, when you're working with the base metal, there's really so much you can do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, we're, um, we don't, we don't do any diamonds, right? So there's nothing we can do in terms of like lab grown diamonds. But when, um, we have like mother of pearl, which was a big driver for us, we've, Mm -hmm. we've switched to lab grown right mm-hmm. or synthetic in some cases and um we're not harvesting you know genuine pearls like we used to mm-hmm. i mean either of the retailers they don't they don't want them anymore mm-hmm. um that we work with anyway so um so there's that um you know they've really wanted us to dive into like ethical working conditions child labor mm-hmm. um emissions for like the plating factories that's that's uphill battle in, in Asia that yeah. we're constantly, constantly dealing with and shuffling around. Mm-hmm. But, um, but again, green is a big focus for us and we, um, we continue to, um, you know, do whatever we can to, to be more green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a constant process. It's always a process. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's a sort of multilateral thing as well. <clears throat> it's, there's never one kind of great right. solution. And given the nature of, mm-hmm. you know, we had this conversation. Well, jewelry. Jewelry. Not sustainable. It's hard. Yeah. We had in this conversation both yeah. with Bond Hardware and with Anna Barrio from Barrio Neal. And, mm-hmm. you know, it said sort of the same thing. There's only so much that you can conceivably do when as we're talking as, about jewelry. Yeah. As long as we're all working right. towards something. I think, exactly. And I think it's an industry-wide thing we have to work together right i also mm-hmm. think it's it's just not a good look when you get you know a shipment from one of your favorite brands and it comes and there's just plastic everywhere no one likes that anymore mm-hmm. no, <laughs> so, no yeah it's, it's unappealing well, yes and on the other side i think uh, so i love fashion mm-hmm. i'm all about like what's mm-hmm. trendy what's coming mm-hmm. um so i love fashion jewelry i think it's also important that it's accessible yes, yes. so i think that's the thing is like we have to 
figure out these problems because fashion's important right it is, and it's but, well, and it's listen. like something you want like it's really hard for me to not go into zara and mm-hmm. look at jewelry and yeah, yeah, want to yeah. pick up something i don't do it anymore because of, of the sustainability part but i try to figure out other ways right. and it's great to hear that you're working towards something because it's an important part of the market i think you know one thing that i always think about is that if uh, it's very easy for somebody in the high fine business, especially if you're a bench jeweler, to talk about sustainability, right? It's a very different thing when you're a larger company and mm. you have to produce en masse. Um, there is obviously a demand for it, and obviously uh, there are economic realities that, you know, make it so that you have to have product that is accessible. Uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to sustainability in particular, to me, no solution is a good solution as a general rule if a single mom in the Bronx can't afford it. Right. If a single mom in the Bronx can't afford to do it, it is not a sustainable sort of solution to all of the kind of global environmental problems we have. And that is something that people have to keep in mind as well. Mm-hmm. There are real economic realities. So I think it's great also what you do in particular with the pieces focusing on longevity. Right. Because one of the kind of biggest issues with uh, fashion, sort of jewelry and kind of fast fashion in general, is that it isn't built to last. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have to keep buying more. Right. And I think, you know, I inherited my grandmother's costume jewelry collection when mm-hmm. she passed away. Mm-hmm. And my age of... A woman, a lot of my friends did as well. Mm-hmm. And that jewelry, costume jewelry, back then in like the 50s, 40s, it still looks amazing and it's yeah, still yeah. held together. So mm-hmm. that's really something. There's so much value in these pieces, even if it's not the material value. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. Yeah. I, uh, you did very well. You didn't turn red. You didn't take your pants off. Yeah. You're doing fabulously today. <laughs> Wonderful. What's yeah. next? What's, <laughs> what's next? Let's find out. <laughs> so I want to talk to you a little bit about kind of design aesthetics. Sure. You said that you guys are kind of driven, basically trend driven, right? It's trend driven, but really <clears throat> basics and classic pieces really um, pay the bills and make the business go round. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, and you know, I guess basics or classics with like a little, a little twist, right? Mm -hmm. Like change it up a bit, right? How many, how many different ways can, I always say, how many different ways can we make a hoop? And then there it is, (laughs) a Mm -hmm. new iteration of the Mm -hmm. hoop, Mm -hmm. right? But uh, everyone needs a hoop. How many hoops do you need? Need a lot of hoops, right? And um, that's really what's a big driver for us. We'll take kind of like, look at the runway trends and kind of make them, definitely make them wearable, Mm -hmm. but also, um, you know, how do we even make them a little, closer to classic and safe and you know season after season that's really what's driving the business for us mm-hmm. so um so that's really will continue to be a focus point for us in, in next season when you're thinking about design for mm-hmm. your business sort of in general um you know i i know we keep kind of talking about staying forever as a business first and foremost but it's also a brand mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so if we're kind of trying to think about in terms of branding, mm-hmm. design-wise, is there some sort of um, ambition as far as the design direction is concerned? Is there a particular aesthetic you're after other than sort of having, you know, basically trend-driven basics and that sort of thing? Is there some kind of, like, design ethos that you follow? Um, or or is it really just about uh, kind of trend-driven commerce? Yeah, it's really trend-driven commerce. Mm-hmm. Our major partners will constantly give us, 
you know, inspo and, and send things our way, right? Mm-hmm. And say, hey, this is what our girl is looking for. Mm-hmm. But we know what works. And um, one of the biggest um, secrets, uh, I guess, to, to the success of Sterling Forever is we really take what, I mean, every brand should do this, look at what works and mm-hmm. then build off of that. And don't, don't stay in your lane, right? Don't do anything weird. Because mm-hmm. every time we experiment and do <laughs> weird things with, you know, or use a, um, a color that we've never used before, right? Or a color palette or um, a weird shape or design, it doesn't work. Yeah, I, I've seen your reaction before when the girls uh, would kind of design uh, some of the pieces have shown you things that are a bit more newfangled. Yep. And we've sat at dinner tables together where, the, you know, his uh, staff will pull things out and say, what do you think of this new one? And Mike is just like, absolutely not. Thank God we didn't mass produce that one. <laughs> yeah, no. But I love that you sort of look at it that way because one thing that I often talk to to the um, designers that we work with uh, who are in the fine space is that commerce doesn't need to mean watered down. Mm-hmm. Commerce doesn't need to mean that somehow you do not have a specific point of view aesthetically. Commerce just means about doing the thing that works. Mm-hmm. And I always liken it to writing a book that nobody ends up reading. Mm-hmm. Like obviously you write with the intent for an audience to read, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll say often to, you know, even some well-known young designers that GB and I know personally, you know, focus on the designs that are saleable. Mm-hmm. Because you know how many times have we had people say to us, this piece, this design, everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. Mm-hmm. And I always come back to, yes, how many of those have you sold? Mm-hmm. Th- that's the barometer right. here, mm-hmm. right? How many of those have you actually sold? Yeah. People can tell you they love something all they like, but how many have you sold? Yeah. You know? Yeah. We, I mean, we have, we have some core, core bestsellers, and we've sold, I mean hundreds of thousands of units um and um you know we're constantly looking at them sitting them down and saying you know how can we change this up a bit to you know and and have the next you know hoop or thread or earring or stacking mm-hmm. ring set that you know that's not too far you know that it's, we want something that's a little different but how do we evolve it and, and grow the business that mm-hmm. way so we're constantly looking at that so mm-hmm. i mean i guess to answer your question no we're not really um to answer your question no Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yes. Do you have a core collection that you repeat every year? Um, we we have a core collection that lives um, on our site, and mm-hmm. our majors carry it 365 days a year. Um, so, um, in terms of repeating it, we'll come out kind of like with four collections um, in spring, summer, and four collections in fall, winter. Wow. Two of them, um, not huge collections, mm-hmm. right? It's fast fashion, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two of them, <laughs> basic, right? Basic <laughs> that really drive the business. And two of them, like Alam was describing it, at, you know, when we sit down at dinner and show some of these pieces. And, yeah, you know, not my, mm-hmm. we just take the runway trends and, again, try and make them wearable, which are usually not, basics yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So. we should have done this podcast at nordstrom so we could try on jewelry yeah that would have been i cool. know that's what, what we should we have done doing? Yeah. why yeah. are we here yeah. well after the ratings are like out of control next time i know yeah oh my god i'm gonna be trying on jewelry right now yeah. mike is under the impression that his presence will blow up this podcast <laughs> because you know we really needed that jb we're only we the do. number one podcast in jewelry mike just <laughs> fyi log okay Jesus Christ, the ego with this man. Can you believe I put up with this for three years? The ego of that man? <laughs> <laughs> Thank Whose you. Whose side are you on? Thank you. Whose side are you on here? It's 
My own. Damn you. My own. Damn you, JP. <laughs> oh, God. You have no idea how many times I've been kicked at the dinner table when I, he's been across from me. Just kicked. Oh. Not by him. Just <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes by me. Yeah, sometimes. sometimes by me. The yeah. looks. Um, tell me then. I, I'm very curious because I've gotten to kind of watch Uh, your growth in the last three years and Mm -hmm. how much your business has expanded mainly due to the work that I've you know done for your business mainly photographically yeah (laughs) mainly because of that yeah Uh, where do you see this going what do you want it to be ultimately yeah I mean I want to keep keep growing the business um, and you know increasing the revenue we're we're at a really great spot right now in terms of um, you know our inventory inventory and position, I guess you could say in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And I'm really trying to continue to scale it. I mean, it's really fun watching, um, our designer, uh, right now, Megan, you know, she started in college and was in our, in our warehouse packing, you know, jewelry in boxes. And this was her first job with you. Her first job. And now she is designing jewelry, coming to photo shoots, Mm -hmm. um, dealing with our high maintenance photographer. (laughs) (laughs) She'll be dealing with me tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, it's really fun. You know, our, our, my COO, Alex, he, um, he started, in his college dorm managing our Amazon account. And now I feel like he runs my life. He does. And the mm-hmm. business. So it's just really fun watching all of, all of them grow by their first homes and, you know, you know, make more money than me. So it's That's kind so of great. By the way, he says make more money than me. <laughs> I shot his portrait a couple of weeks ago. He oh, came, cool. No, yeah. He came Wait. in with nine Rolexes in a case. <laughs> no, one was AP, <laughs> eight Rolexes. One was AP. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes. Let's get that together. Correct. And, and, and he's talking about make more money than me, please. <laughs> and then every shot, get well, this. Maybe he works more hours. So uh, yeah. I, I've seen the way this man works. When I've you own seen. a business, are you ever not working a lot? No, never. No, no never. True. Especially no dealing holidays. with you. I'm yeah. always working. <laughs> Especially with you. More, more than anyone. No, nobody works me harder and pays me less than this man. Even here. when you're on holiday, you're working. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Mike. Yes. Please tell me. Yes. Where can people find you? Oh, boy. Um, okay. <laughs> if, if they so choose. So, yeah, I mean, you know, just go to a restaurant and look around. There's some of our... I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding, kidding. Yes, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, no. So, um, you know, our, our biggest partner, um, I've said their name many times, is Nordstrom. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a great partnership ongoing every season with FabFitFun. Um, we, um, we have a great relationship with American broadcast companies where they'll put our product on television one, two, sometimes like in November, three, four times a month, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we just had a, uh, a launch with um, this lady called Oprah Winfrey. So um, <laughs> I've heard of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've made her holiday gift list. Um, I mean, our, our publicist said it was the most sought after gift list in the world. Um, yeah. It's called Oprah's Favorite Things. I think our audience think knows is. about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Everyone yes. wants what Oprah wants. It was, yes. it, it, was, it was really a surreal moment when that launched on live television on November 1st. So um, it's, it's really been incredible 10 days and um, we'll see what the next, you know, the future holds for, yeah. you know, that strategy. So um, I'm getting a raise. Yeah, yeah, I guess. So. Yeah. Do you ever think about opening your own store? You know, that's so different. I'll think about it for like five seconds and then say no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I know a lot of emerging and really, you know, um, popular jewelry brands are doing that in, in select target cities. But, um, you know, right now we can't keep up with the growth of e-com and, and our major mm-hmm. uh, brick and mortar. 
So um, it's, it's really not a focus. And um, I, I'm, I'm just not interested in, in, in leasing retail space. And I'm, I, I can't yeah. even wrap my head around that right okay. now. But I would say the same if I were you. I, I mean, I think you're in a great that. position. But yeah. I will tell you, I bet you, you having a brick and mortar in New York City would do exceptionally well. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know like... I can know, see that really working for you. Yeah. there's a, I know there's a lot of really cool emerging brands, like I said, doing it. And, mm-hmm. and it, it seems to be they're doing very well. You walk past their stores and in Soho or, you know, around Fifth Ave and you're mm-hmm. like, Chelsea and you're like, whoa, you know, they're, they're packed, they're jam-packed. Like this yeah. Pandora right over here. Yeah, There's yeah, always yeah. a line. Yeah. There's always a line. Yeah. What the hell goes to Pandora? I mean, DJ drinks and buying jewelry, why not? But, yeah. um, but yeah. not for me anytime soon, not okay. for stealing forever. All right. Maybe you and I can talk about that. Mm, perhaps. Mm. Opportunity. <laughs> All right, Mike, it's been a quote-unquote pleasure having you here today. I know. Thank you. <laughs> it has. This has been fascinating. It's been really Thank fascinating. You. Um, Thank you. I yeah. continue to be immensely impressed by you, and uh, despite my earlier snark remarks. Um, Wait, I have a question. One more. Yeah. Can I ask one more? Yeah, Please. fine. Please. Jeez. <laughs> Please interrupt do my you, sign-off. Do you... <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, let me, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Do you have any advice for any young brands out there who might be embarking on the same path as you? Um, I mean, you know, you will fail, right? And all I can say is just don't give up. And I know that might sound cheesy, but it really hurts (laughs) when you fail Mm -hmm. in this business. Um, I'm not sure when you fail and it feels good, but it, Mm -hmm. it, it sucks. And you have employees and payroll and, you know, financial constraints, but just figure it out and keep trying and don't give up. And eventually, um, you know, when these when these major influential decision makers that you approach constantly tell you no, just keep pushing them, be persistent, stay in front of them, stay relevant, um, and eventually turn that no into a yes. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yeah. No today doesn't mean no forever. Exactly. Yep. I mean, Oprah mm-hmm. said no for 16 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's, a, that's a excellent, excellent advice. Yep. Okay. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to do that sign-off again because Jamie interrupted it. <laughs> I was going to just say, okay, ready for sign-off now. <sighs> Fine, I'll do it again. Mike, 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 it's been such a pleasure having you, as M- always. Mr. Alon, it's always a pleasure, and um, I can't wait you know, for the shoot tomorrow. Um, if you're looking for the best photographer in Manhattan, look oh, no further. Wow. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Finally, he says something nice about me. I've been waiting for three years for him to say something nice about me. Look, if I'm shipping you to Palm Beach, you must be good. Yeah, I think it's all right. Yeah. All right. Go to www.sterlingforever.com. That's right. Do some shopping there. Yeah. Follow them on Instagram, Sterling Forever. Mm-hmm. Very easy to find. Yeah. And, and uh, this, uh, this has been Rough Cut. Thanks this has for, been Rough Cut. for joining us and find us at nycjewelryweek.com. Jewelry Week is around the corner. By the time actually this comes out, over. it will be over. So I hope you came. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, Mike is going to become a very large sponsor of Jewelry Week very soon. Oh. <laughs> Thank well, you. let's just put you on the spot for that. Signing off now. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. He's a lot. He's a lot. But 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 he's a he's a pussy cat deep down inside. <laughs> Not responding. <laughs> he's just a sweet pussy cat. Meow. Really <laughs> Good God. <laughs> the 
we'll keep we'll keep that. that. No, 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 we're keeping it. Cut. <laughs> you can make the request, but I don't know. Yeah, well, it's probably gonna be.